Generation Y? No! Generation X. Shut the fuck up. Why? Because X sells, baby. Welcome. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna do some X with me, baby? Uh-huh. Welcome to episode 11 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's June 2017, which means we'll be discussing some comics and news from May 2017. And it also means that it's her birthday. What? Today? Yeah, yes. It's June 2017, and both Jonathan and I have birthdays in June 2017. Yeah? Just 2017? Yep. Not June 2016? Nope. No birthdays that year? No birthdays. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is Madrox, the multiple menace, Patty. Patty! Hi! Uh, first, a sincere and special thank you to the awesome listeners who have been coming back each month as Patty and I very slowly um, mm-hmm. get better and more comfortable doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we would love to hear from you all, so you can leave a comment right here on Geekade or on wo- One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men, just about anything that we discuss. Uh, there are going to be a few things that we're going to talk about, and I want to hear some feedback from it. There's already some things going on on the internet about these things, but we'll get to them in a little while. Is there a mutant name feedback yet? Feedback? Uh, I should have been prepared for this one. I feel like such a fucking noob right now. Is there feedback? There is... I don't know. Hang on. No, we're going to do this real time. <laughs> feedback Marvel Comics. I feel like there is. And now, let's see. General feedback Marvel. Audio feedback. <laughs> Negative feedback. Bio feedback. Comics. A Marvel comic superhero named Feedback. Albert Lewis... Alpha Flight 118. He's a former member of the superhero team Beta Flight. And yes. he's a mutant. Yay! All right. There is a mutant Feedback's a mutant. Yeah. Sweet. Good for you, Feedback. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Later, Feedback. All right. Uh, by the way, if uh, you didn't see any of the warnings, uh, Madeline, prior to clicking on this, <laughs> we curse a whole lot, so beware. This episode will likely be full of cunt waffles with a side of fucks. And hold the coleslaw, because coleslaw is the devil's dirty work. Okay, so the first book that I wanted to talk about, there were two issues of it that came out because we're getting X-Men Gold twice every month. Lucky us. Yay! But X-Men Gold number three is the only one out of the two that I wanted to talk about because it kind of finished up the opening arc for this story uh, and gave the general introduction to this team. And uh, the real reason why I wanted to talk about it was because of Pyro and Avalanche. I'm really, really upset about what they did with them. My first They didn't make out. <laughs> yeah. My first reaction to this book was it really wasn't so bad and it really wasn't, but you know, it was kind of cheesy and and predictable. You know, that's, me- that's the X-Men for you. What? No, but we don't love cheesy and predictable. You're a vegan. You're not allowed to love cheesy. That's true. Uh so, you know, right off the bat, Mesmero mentions having a benefactor, and I'm like, okay, well, obviously, it's this Fox News woman, Nance, uh, and, you know, well, that's revealed later, but, you know, you just kind of know that right away, and, you know, that just kind of, that's what I'm saying, like, this is kind of, kind of predictable. I, I appreciated the kids cameoing in this book, and Shadowcat only wanted Rockslide and Armor to come help, but I really, I just had to say that I did appreciate that, even though some of the kids that volunteered, you know, like, Anal was there, I mean, okay, so Indra isn't really bad tested but anal is you uh, yeah i'm still it's listen, anole okay ano- i thought it was like anole or something no it's like anole anole s- i don't fucking whatever like a creme brulee anole yeah like, okay i'm still gonna oh, say fuck. anal 
I'm sorry. Okay, you can say anal all you yeah. want, but you're still not getting any. Ah. Uh, <laughs> listen, if I say it, if I say it long enough and often, never mind, <laughs> never mind, kids, kids. I'm sorry. No, oh. but I mean, you know, she's. It was kind of implied, and one of the kids brought it up. They're like, oh, well, you know, they're the only ones who are, like, kind of impervious. You know, they, they're they like shields themselves. Yeah. I mean, Armor's name is Armor. You know, the only reason that Kitty <laughs> agreed to take them is because they're probably not going to get in the way too much, and even, you know, if they get hit, they'll be okay. Whereas if they, you know, one, uh, one hot shot to the anal, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. You then gotta, you're gonna, you can't, you, you know, you're gonna be in Connie. You gotta wear diapers. You could just give me shit in yourself all the time. You gotta bring, bring along some lube uh, <laughs> if you're gonna bring anal along, uh, just to make sure it goes smoothly. Otherwise, that is going to be one uh, dirty fight. Are uh, we? Uh, <laughs> are we done with those anal jokes? No, we're five minutes in. We're just getting started. <laughs> all right, strap so. yourselves in and strap something on, guys. Come on. <laughs> All right, so, you know, I, I do appreciate, though, how Shadowcat is written as, you know, taking charge and splits the team up pretty well. Just how kind of how the fight goes, it was really well done, and it was also funny, you know, Rockslide kind of getting stuck with old man Logan when he was all mind-controlled, and it was really funny. So so I enjoyed it, but, um, but like, an, another thing is, is, like, you know, Amaro, once the mind-control, once Mesmero's taken out and the mind-control is broken, Amaro's like, no, no, get away, and Kitty's like, no, I can't leave you, and Storm's like, there's no time. Well, gee, what the fuck is gonna happen? Shadowcat's gonna grab her and phase, so this explosion that happens isn't gonna affect anyone. I gotta tell you, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I did not see Kitty yeah. using her powers to save somebody. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's like, you know, you didn't even have to, like, turn the page to realize that that was gonna happen. And, you know, they saved the mayor and everybody's happy. This is where it got me. It was like, all right, so so we knew that they're, we know that they're going to beat the Brotherhood and everybody, you know, all the heroes are going to win. Yay. But like, what's the reveal here? You know, we know Mask is Mask. We don't know much about Clevis, but that's going to be revealed later. Um, so, you know, Magma, whatever, she's okay now. But what about this Pyro and Avalanche? I'm waiting for some sort of fucking reveal why haven't they done anal yet and you know it's just you know revealed that someone paid mesmero to influence these mutants to do what they did but like where did they come from and like, where did they go but, where did they come from cotton eye joe i feel like you made that joke like last episode I, and like the episode before that i feel like I'm going to rip your spleen out of your eye socket. I feel like you're recycling jokes the same way that Greg Land recycles artwork. You know oh, what? You burn can... like pyro. Tied it all together okay. for the hat trick. Win. Podcast over. Okay. <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> but it's like, hey, Mesmero, that guy Tim over there, he throws rocks. Put a bucket on his head. That's avalanche. And that guy, Ronaldo, bring a lighter. We're going to call you pyro now. Like, what the, like, there was nothing. They were just taken into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. We had no idea who they were, where they came from. Keep, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. It was really upsetting. Cause also, why, why does S.H.I.E.L.D. get to take them away? Fucking, just the cops ruin everything. I just have to say that and get that out of the way. Is that I don't like the cops. Patty's views of the police do not reflect Geekade or Geekade as a whole. Thank you. Yeah, so, like, okay, I understand, you know, they're fucking hate shields and you know how badly they've treated the second class citizens of the x-men and the mutants for like decades and it's i'm just saying it's bullshit i understand you know they're like oh well you know we gotta we gotta encase these dangerous mutants and i'm like okay but the, they're literally at a fucking school for helping mutants 
learn how to be mutants and shit and learn how to harness their powers and stuff and you're you're taking them from the one place that could help them to what like fucking interview them and then i don't know i i just i hate shields no i understand and it's not like pyro and avalanche these this new pyro and new avalanche who are probably not even going to be those characters anymore and so- they're not villains so why are they taking yeah. them no they're and they're not going to remember anything but i understand they need to be questioned you know they they don't they don't know yet but if you want to see mutants getting revenge on shields did you read the that volume of magneto yet the the most recent one uh, no. Yeah, right. I, the last time we talked about it, you had you need to read that because you get to see Magneto take out some anger on S.H.I.E.L.D. And it is fucking glorious. But, you know, who's behind all of this? It's the fucking bitch Nance. The fucking, the fucking uh, the Fox Nance News Grace. Bitch. Yeah, Nance Grace, the Fox News bitch. Wait, isn't that... What's her name? What? Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, she's not actually on Fox News. But I that's, know. That's what this Nance reminds me of, like a Fox News commentator. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, um, just briefly, over the past few years, I mean, Marvel's been stirring up controversy in their comic books with kind of things that were attacking Fox News and their followers, like uh, Nick Spencer's great work on Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, go read Secret Empire. Like, uh, And I'm sure some of you who, who might be listening probably have, and you may have strong opinions on it, but I say it's good. But And you're like, why would we read this? It's not about the X-Men. And then I'm there to give you a high five, man. But, but you know, that's all a podcast for another podcast. Yeah, so, you know, they, they find out that it's, that it's Nance Grace. You know, then the X-Men go confront her, and she's like, oh, what proof do you have? You know, they're not going to remember anything. You know, are you threatening me? And Shadowcat's like, no, now we are. And then Rachel telekinetically lifts her and chokes her, and it was that was that was beautiful. I really appreciated that. But then immediately after that, Shadowcat turns around and goes, we're the X-Men. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. Oh, just face palm. Just, all right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, this was kind of a fun little ride, but again, it was really predictable. You know, I just, I, I like the action, though. I feel like Mark Guggenheim is writing the action sequences very well, even if the story has a lot left to be desired. I think it's cool seeing Shadowcat in charge and kind of ordering, ordering around her team and putting them into little, like, subunits and, like, you know, taking the fight to, to villains and whatnot. So, eh, that's what I thought of that. So I was kind of uh, wondering about this. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but like they took Amara. Yeah. And so they're just like, hey, this was our friend. So we're going to take her and help her out. But fuck these two other guys. Yeah. Because we don't know them. They're yeah. strangers. Yeah. That's, Stranger danger. That's kind of that's kind of shitty. That, I don't feel that's like that's what mutants shitty. are about. No. I really don't. I really don't think that's what mutants are all about. I just got to say, you know, Kitty, you got to shape up. <laughs> gotta let all the mutants in there. You gotta shape up or ship out. Yep. Kitty. Damn it, yeah, kitty. Yeah, damn it, kitty. Bad kitty. <laughs> all right. All right. So that's that's that for X Men Gold. Next, uh, we're gonna talk about Jean My Grey. baby. Yeah. Uh, Jean Grey number one and Jean Grey number two came out this past month, which, uh, you know, this was a really pleasant surprise, I think. Excuse me. I have never had any doubts about anything Jean Grey has ever done in her entire life. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Do you want to watch X-Men The Last Stand again? You know what? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hate that movie as much as you did. Because I don't, because Famke Jansen hasn't made any mistakes in her life as far as I'm concerned. What'd she do? <laughs> What'd she do? She killed Scott, right? I'm just going to so give you, just going to give you some. I don't, I don't remember. I tuned those movies out. So I'm going to talk about this because Fine. Jean Grey is my baby. She had this quote in this 
book that was uh, I've Never Died in the Love of My Life's Stupid Arms, a genocidal madwoman corpse all decked out in her burgundy bad guy clothes. That was like poetry. It was like poetry. Thank you. You're welcome. So, oh my God, this book got me so excited. So she decided to take Banff with her to go to Kyoto. Pickles. In- oh, Pickles? Yeah, call, okay. him, call him by his proper... Call him by his proper name. I'm sorry, Banff was his slave name. <laughs> okay, so um, Pickles teleports her to Kyoto so she could eat ramen for lunch. Fuck yeah. Because why, why not? So then, of course, you know, there's got to be some bullshit. She can't just enjoy one fucking meal by herself, you know, without her team. There's got to be people attacking. So uh, it's the Wrecking Crew. I love the Wrecking Crew. And Thunderball was in the short-lived Illuminati series. Yeah, which everybody, uh, another another non-mutant musing that I'm going to say, <laughs> but uh, the, that short-lived Illuminati series, it was like six or seven issues. I really enjoyed it. The writing was very simplistic, but Thunderball was in it, and I, I love seeing D-list characters get a little bit of a spotlight, and writers try to give them some backstory. So yeah, so Thunderball was in that, but now he's back to being a jackass. Good. <laughs> Same. Uh, and she threw a car with all the money on top of a pole. Yeah, that was that was, that was was hilarious. Because there's all this destruction going on in the middle of Kyoto. And then, like, she needs to go check on, like, the people who might be potentially getting hurt. So what does she do with the fucking armored car? She throws it on top of the telephone pole and, like, you guys go deal with that for a little while. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, and she was just, you know, trying to, like, go around and help people who were trying... There was, like, a fire, <laughs> and she's trying to get this woman out of the building, and she didn't speak Japanese, so she, like, thought-projected, uh, like, all these happy thoughts, like unicorns and... and the bunny. Rainbows. The lollipop. And, yeah, and a bunny. The woman just got really scared and confused, and she was like, no, fuck this shit. I'm going dark, Phoenix, and just projected this like demonic evil vision of herself into this poor fucking japanese woman's mind who's probably working minimum wage (laughs) selling ramen (laughs) and this woman just like runs screaming she's trying to get that ramen money she's trying to get that ramen money and i'm like people need their ramen money especially in japan i'm like instead of just why don't you like pull her by the arm and just be like, it, it, there's a fire. Let's go outside. Yeah, but not just that. For, you know, a girl who's telepathic, and I know she's, you know, not like all powerful, like adult Jean Grey, but like you, you would think that maybe she could tap into the girl's mind and be like, oh, I know some Japanese. I can say like, uh, you know, a couple of key phrases in Japanese. Like, yeah, kawaii janai desu. Like, you know, something. But no. But, uh, you know, it typically, I, I have not, and I feel like I've expressed it here before. Um, Ibanez's or Ibanez's uh, art. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I feel like he, he's getting a little bit better, but I really liked the art on these two panels. Like, you know, oh, yeah. the happy, cute panel, and then, like, the demonic death panel. Like, those two drawings those are were like, fucking amazing. And you know why you love those two panels? Because those are my two moods. <laughs> and you're used to seeing a redhead go from, like, cute, fluffy butterfly to just, like, oh, destroy your family (laughs) yeah 
So yeah, no, this, this this was good, you know, and the fight the fight between her and the wrecking crew were it was very entertaining and it was very like I like I understood where where she's at, you know, she's still she's not in full control over her capabilities and like having kind of trouble containing all like this damage that she's doing and can't take down the wrecking crew so easily. I thought it was funny that she called pile driver hacksaw. Uh, I love that one. I was wondering this whole time though where bulldozer was. He's like the fourth member of the wrecking crew that that wasn't there this time and like I know he was there during the pleasant hill thing but i don't know i was like where the fuck is bulldozer probably nobody else cares but i, I care didn't. damn it i care you know i i, I like this issue and then you, you, she gets all the the voices she's hearing in her head like what could that be gee i wonder what it is yeah it was uh it, it's phoenix guys Jean Grey was a host of phoenix and phoenix likes Jean Grey, and oh. it's gonna it's gonna come after her again wait like phoenix right ace attorney yeah you played that game it was fun <laughs> I, I lent that game to Jonathan, and he spent like he he probably you probably still have it. You have, I still you have beat it. like the first level, you asshole. No, I beat like two or three. <laughs> I got stuck on this one, and I was just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> good uh, game, everyone. Good game. It is a good game. Go good get game. it. Good game. All right. So uh, now uh, <clears throat> we're gonna be talking about Jingri number two. Yeah, I was kind of iffy at the end of number one, like, oh, more Phoenix stuff, but uh. You know, because it was a good first issue, and I'm like, oh, we're just going to do this again. But, uh, again, I was very pleasantly surprised with how they handled issue number two. I was, too. So, I mean, okay, it was, like, in the solicitations, this word, yeah. for Jean Grey, mm-hmm. that it said that it was going to be young her dealing with Phoenix and all this stuff. So we knew it was coming. Did we know it was coming in issue two? I don't fucking know. Who cares? So I've always loved Phoenix. I've always thought that Jean Grey was the best host of Phoenix. I love Jean Grey as Phoenix. I love Phoenix being in Jean Grey. But do you love Phoenix? I do love Phoenix. But do you love Phoenix? Yes. Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona. Yes, I love Phoenix, Arizona. Jean is like kind of going crazy about the thought of Phoenix coming for her because she's heard all these, you know, horror stories about what happened to, I was going to say the future her. I guess it's her future her, but... Our past gene. I don't. Not someone else's future her, but her future uh, her. You know what? This is confusing. Was it your future her or his uh, future her? All right. So, yeah, but she, this is the thing. She's not actually going crazy, but Beast is like talking to her like she's going crazy. And she's like, no one understands me. Yeah, I'm because an angsty teen. Sh- <laughs> what? Stop yelling in my ear. <laughs> so, no, because Jean was trying to talk to all these people about it and they didn't believe her. And they she's were an angsty teen. Oh, no. Sorry. Shh. You don't tell angsty teens to shh. I'm telling you They're to shh. They're just going to slam the okay. door, okay. turn okay. the lights out, okay. and okay. play their, their metal music okay. and do their drugs. Shh. Okay. This is, why, this is why we have angsty teens in America because everybody tells them to shh. Okay. So you stop the shh. I'm going to be an angsty teen. Oh my god. Why? Why do I deal with this? <laughs> I'm go. This is this is the man that I love, everybody. I'm gonna go huff cigarettes. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> so yeah, Beast and people that she's talking to, they're like, oh well, you know, we destroyed the Phoenix. There's nothing to worry about. You're just being silly and you're worrying about nothing. But she's like, no, but like, you know, I'm really experiencing this stuff. So then, you know, pickles can't communicate to her. Quentin Quire is like, bah, that was terrible. And Magic is just like, yep, I was a host. So she was, uh, that was a really bad explanation of everything. Jean Grey <laughs> was going to like all the past hosts of the Phoenix. So 
She sought out uh, Rachel Hope, Magic, Quentin Choir, Colossus. And my thinking the whole time is like, gee, okay, so that's everybody except for Namor. Where is Namor? Yeah. So you know, I didn't even think of that when I was first reading I was until the going end. to text you and be like, where the fuck is Namor? And he's underwater. Yeah, whatever. So <laughs> that's what he does. The so she's talking to uh Quentin Choir and he showed her like these basically like scars that the Phoenix left like in his mind yeah, soul thing. Was, and it was dark. Yeah, it was pretty fucking weird. But also, I loved seeing Quentin Quire's mind. It was fucking amazing how it was like a library yeah. of like moldy old books. Like, oh my God, I love that. It was beautiful. Yeah. So she asked Ileana and Magic was like, oh, if you want to read my mind, be my guest, Snowflake. <laughs> and uh, Jean was like, no, that's that's okay. I'll pass. What I really enjoyed about this, though, was seeing Jean and Hope like interact because this is really like the first time, I think, that they've met and interacted. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in the past year or so, we haven't really seen much of Hope. And I loved Hope when she was, you know, kind of first around. Not like little kid and baby Hope. We couldn't really give a shit. But when she, <laughs> you know, grew up, she was pretty badass. You know, she was raised by cable and trains. So it was cool to see them working together and taking out all these really fucking gross reavers. I like that. You know, I mean, this this book really wasn't so much for the fighting, although that was cool. That was a bit of it. No, it I was didn't care. Really, the dynamic between all these Phoenix Phoenix hosts, it was done really well. All the dialogue, the interaction, the characters, everything just in my opinion was like perfect and i really like that dennis hopeless is showing that he can write gene gray well and that he has a good understanding of these other characters and how they talk to each other because like you know i obviously i read comics you know obviously i want to see some action but also like i need to care about the characters that's why i read stories if you don't do any character development why do i give a shit to begin with Excuse so. me, you're the one who always skips the story when we're playing Mega Man. So you know what? You don't care about the story. Mega Man doesn't have a story. Mega you know Man Fine. has a story. Fine. You know what? I'm coming over tomorrow and we're playing Mega Man X5. Because Fine. that robot bitch <laughs> in that fucking game will not stop telling you story. She does not stop. Every five steps, okay. you freeze and you have to listen to this robot girl like, Mega Man, Mega Man, make sure you jump right here. Watch out, otherwise the missile's gonna launch if you don't do this in the next ten seconds. And then you run into this fucking like brick wall that you can't jump, you can't shoot through it, and this bitch is nowhere to be found to tell you what to do. Fuck you, Mega Man X5. That's why. <laughs> That's what you get when you try to put a story into a Mega Man game. All right. Okay. So, so uh, uh, my favorite part was at the end of the issue where it is addressed that she hasn't talked to Namor and she was like, I have to talk to freaking Namor. Yay, fish man. Yep. So, uh... <laughs> That's that's it. I thought it was great. I love the series so far. Jean Grey is my bae, my waifu, my number one girl. You know, she's like my everything, my everything bagel with vegan cream cheese. I love her. Well done. Thank you. All right. I will take my bagel well done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? All right. So next, uh, we got two issues of Generation X. Yay! I was looking forward to this so much and it, it was funny that uh when this uh when this book was announced months ago i wrote an article on geekade about nature girl nature like girl. last summer and when this book was announced and the cast was announced like the spike 
and the amount of views of that article went up and it was the same thing immediately after this issue was released like within 24 hours like dozens of people went on to geek aid to to read that and um, bagels are sold sold by the dozen i'm not trying to toot my own horn you know I, i'll toot your horn thank you uh not while we're recording but uh <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't know nature girl is a character that i've loved since her introduction so if you want to find out more about nature girl you can you can go check out that article she's like squirrel girl but better yeah or you can you know check it out someplace else whoever else has done like a comprehensive history no no of the no, character. no no jonathan she's, is the cutest you have to read his she's only been around for a couple of years and hasn't been given much play so i was really excited to see her in here uh i thought the opening was really cute uh jubilee and chamber trying to find shogo and how there was like an exposing himself joke Nice to know my personal tragedy can be someone else's comedy. Like, bro, this is why I am I am in love with Chamber, because that's exactly what I do. Personal tragedy into comedy. That's what I do for also, a living. Also, his name is Jonathan. Right. It's one well, letter's Jono. Jonathan. 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 And I'm Jonathan. <laughs> but anyway... One thing that I didn't like, though, was uh, how she Jubilee states the year that the Institute was destroyed in 2008. Like, you can't keep this in real time. Like, it would make everyone nine years older, which means Jubilee was, like, not even a teenager yet when it was destroyed in 2008. So that's just, like, a, a, I know it's kind of splitting hairs, but I don't like when they do that kind of stuff. And they've done it before. I was happy to see Glob taking care of his eyesight. You know, he's a good guy. He needs glasses, so that's all right. And so this this new guy with psychometry runs into Phoebe. This this new kid is Nathaniel Carver. Can and, you explain uh, what psychometry is? Yeah, to... it's kind of like you can uh, read the... You can telepathically read the history of like an object or something just by touching it. Like even inanimate objects, you can see the its past. So it's not like you're reading their minds and seeing what's going on in their thoughts right now, but you can see their past, which is interesting. Fascinating. But yeah, but also at the same time kind of useless in the in way... In battle. Yeah, and like... Like the way that Safer was, you know? But, that's why they wrote him off. Well, uh, but that's kind of the whole premise of this book. It's like... Yeah, it's, you know, the rejects, the kids who aren't going to be combat ready. They're going to be re-released into society. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's kind of that's kind We're of neuter them and then re-release them and you know don't feed the strays, kids. Yeah, it's like the trap and release, and they fix the cats and then they cut the tip of their ear so that the, they know that they're fixed. But I mean, it was even stated. One of the kids was like, "Oh, was it like Quentin? Like, why am I stuck with all these kids who can't do shit in battle? What is Benjamin Deeds going to do in battle? Just like steal somebody else's face?" And, well, you guys aren't really going to be the the fighting type of X-Men. Yeah. I, I liked, um, you know, Phoebe introduces uh, Nathaniel to the sad nerd, Benjamin Deeds. I really appreciated him being called the sad nerd because that's been me my entire life. And it's me. Aw. We know Benjamin Deeds is gay, and I kind of just got this feeling that Nathaniel was gay too, which, you know, that's perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, and then I found out later that uh, the writer of Generation X said that Nathaniel Carver is based off of former X-Men uh, editor, and we'll talk more about that later, but former editor Daniel Ketchum. That's who the character is based on. I really like this opening issue, you know, just kind of see how, like, these reject mutants can't get along. This is, like, maybe the third time in her three-year history that Nature Girl has used her powers, and again, she calls birds. She calls the fucking geese, and it's like, honk, honk, so much honk. I thought, I really thought that was cute. I hated the art. 
Yeah, that's that's a big thing. For me, it was hit and miss, but more miss than it was hit. There were some panels and like angles that looked good and were interesting and characters from a little bit of a distance were really good, but like up close, the eyes were kind of weird. Their the mouths were weird. Their mouths were so weird. The faces were just so off and that kind of sucks. And like, I already see like, you know, I don't think, I don't know if anybody's like going after the artist on this, but like a lot of people I'm seeing online are just really upset with this artwork so but I know that artists can be a little rough in the beginning and kind of get into their own overtime I have never been a fan of the Dodsons Terry and Rachel Dodson but I have to say that the covers for these two issues are really good I don't really I can't really put my finger on it what it is about their artwork that I don't like but these two issues the covers were really fucking good it was kind of funny watching them all fight and, you know, Shadowcat's like, you're going to clean all this up or I'm really going to put my foot up your ass and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, then the purifiers show up and they're kind of, you know, just kind of um, incidental. You know, this really isn't about the purifiers coming to fight anyone. It's It was just kind of to set up this group of mutants. So, so the reason that Quentin Quire got mad in the first place and started fighting everybody and there was a huge ruckus was because who was it that stepped on his shoe? Bling. It was Bling who stepped on his shoe. So, yeah, he knocks you through a wall, and then just <laughs> everything starts going fucking haywire from there. And also, I think it was this issue, Kitty mentioned that, uh, or it might have been the next one, that Kitty mentioned that he was a billionaire. Yeah. So we were discussing this, actually, whether it was from that, like, intergalactic gambling that he was doing. Yeah, with Wolverine. Yeah, or, like, what happened that they, I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't touch on that at all. Um, I feel like that's something that a lot of people could have missed or totally forgot about. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it was... And I feel like it was from that, from when he was, you know... Probably. In, in doing his whole intergalactic adventure and Wolverine went out there to, to, like, take care of him and bring him back. But, um, you know, that is kind of like a small point. That wasn't like a huge storyline. Oh, and no, it wasn't. So, obviously, this isn't right on, like, the, the fucking like front of our memories so whatever it is what it is you know but it's clear that quentin wants to be there he doesn't need to be there he wants this place to exist as yeah, much and of that a is, dick as he is that is brought up like why are you yeah. even here if you don't want to be here you know you could do anything you want i guess he's just fucking bored and he likes fucking he, with people he's a fucking troll yeah same yeah and issue number two uh we get more of the situation with uh with the purifiers i was really happy to see um gray malkin for the first time in years, he was, you know, introduced in Young X-Men and then never really given a whole lot. So it was really cool to see him there. I liked seeing Jubilee and Chamber, you know, take a little bit of the fight. And then, you know, of course, one of the purifiers gets through, gets into the school. And uh, the first thing is, uh, you know, Nature Girl is trying to protect the plants. And some fucking dude, bro, just starts yelling at her. Like, oh, you're going to protect yourselves? Oh, you didn't want this. A human didn't want this. Like, what is Nature Girl doing? She's so cute. She has antlers. She's protecting plants. Fucking dude, bro, don't yell at her. So, I don't know. And the purifier busts in and he's like, I'm here to liberate you from the mutant menace. And Nathaniel's like, no one actually talks like that. That was, that was really funny. One interesting thing, though, here that I picked up on, uh, and it didn't really register until I read this through, I read it through a second time, was, like, Nathaniel accidentally touched this janitor, Andre, and, you know, he had kind of, like, a shocked look on his face, and I'm like, well, what the fuck did he see? And it, it wasn't, like, mentioned. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Is he, like, you know, touching himself and looking at the fucking mutant kids? Is he, like... I don't, I don't know. I was, 
I saw that too, and I was kind of wondering that too. I'm sure that's going to be brought up later. You know, it's not just going to be forgot about, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, I guess. And why were the, the purifiers were there? Because why? Because the X-Men are in Central fucking Park, and it's easy to find them now. <laughs> that's yeah, why. But like, <laughs> but like to... To liberate who from the menace? Well, humans were there on the tour, too. Oh, yeah. That... Because Brew said uh, that, like, this is, like, oh, you know, not just a school now. We're trying to make this, like, an embassy for, like, mutants and, and humans. Uh... That doesn't make any sense to me, though. That's what I was a little <laughs> confused about. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, that's not what it is. That's not what it's for. It's, you know, a school for kids who need it. And it's like they did that with, um, with Generation X. Uh, they started incorporating, like, quote-unquote normal kids. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens with that. Well, I, I feel like it kind of it kind of makes sense, you know, especially with, uh, you know, after what happened after IVX, mutants are trying to have, like, a good relationship with humans now, so why not open the doors and let humans who want to come in come in? Well, because then like you... I feel like it kind of seems like a zoo, you know, yeah. that they're, like, kind of on display for the humans, and I don't like that. Yeah, but then you get... and but then you open the door to things like this the purifiers come in with fucking guns and then nature girl calls on a skunk and then you know then the skunk almost gets hurt and that was scary i was concerned about the skunk so you know like what what patty said earlier jubilee tells them that like listen we're we're trying to get some of these students trained to be battle ready and we're trying to get you know some of them just to reintroduce them to society yeah just reintroduce them to society but you know they can all be useful somehow i call bullshit on that bling Bling has actually, you know, been in battle before. Yeah. And she can be used pretty well. Nature Girl has so much fucking potential. Yeah, she just keeps doing, you know, stupid little shit. She's probably not, like, certain with herself. She probably, you know, yeah. doesn't want to hurt anybody. Exactly. That's what I'm assuming. Um, You know, I, I don't know. iBoy, he can fucking see magical shit in the air. Like, I... I just, I I don't know. But either way, we have this book now with this cast of characters I'm really excited for. I really like these first two issues. I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. Except, you know, I hope the art kind of, I don't know. Changes. Yeah, or gets better. Just something that I wanted to touch on real quick. I just thought of this off the top of my head. This, like, analogy. So it was this weekend that wonder woman came out and you know they did a few uh female only screenings and these men are just so mad about like oh well how dare you not invite me to your screening are they mad men would you say they are mad men and you know you just kind of like as a woman you just kind of have to like sit back and be like you have everything else why can't we just have this and celebrate what this movie is supposed to be to women that's kind of how i feel like what's going on with uh humans being in the x mansion it's kind of like you have all of these other places that you can go to and not get discriminated against and just you know live your cozy life you can fucking be a mechanic and just Nobody's going to think different of you because you don't have fucking, you know, green skin with spikes out of your face. You know, like, you don't need this. This is our thing. And that's kind of why I feel so defensive about it. You don't feel that's a little hypocritical? Like, you know, like the mutants are hated and feared and like they're supposed to say like, hey, give us, you know, this space and you guys stay out when mutants want to be included in human space too. I understand your point of view, and yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, no, I understand it, and, and I respect it, but um, I do disagree about the whole men and women thing, because women don't realize how hard men have it, and we've discussed this <laughs> before, 
We discussed this before. You women get to sit down when you pee. You're like, right. That makes up for you everything. You get to take a load off, uh-huh. rest your legs for a little bit, uh-huh. and us guys have to stand up and mm-hmm. we have to aim. And that can that be, very be very hard on tiring, you. especially when we need to sit down. But society says it's not okay to sit down when you pee, guys. So we're just fucking expected to stand next to each other in open ur- urinals, sometimes troughs at certain places. Yes, that's right. I went to OzFest 99. I was going on 15 years old, and this was at the PNC Bank Art Center. This is actually turning into a story, okay? This is true. And I go into the guy's bathroom, and there aren't urinals, and it's not even just like urinals with no separators. No, it's a trough. It's a fucking trough. Men were treated like pigs that day. (laughs) And that is something that I've had to live with for the past 17 years. So you women don't know how lucky you have it. And yep. for anybody who hasn't listened before or is not getting the joke, I'm being very sarcastic right now. Moving on. Uh, I just, we're going a little long here. There wasn't really much for me to talk about with cable number one anyway. It was bad. I just wanted to just touch on this briefly. Uh, you can touch on me briefly. <laughs> just briefly? Oh, babe, you spoil me. Um Cable number one, like I get, it was bad. I get there was, you know, it's just supposed to be like a lot of action, and, and cable is like this, you know, big, big, mm. big mm. fucking mutant with mm. his big fucking guns, yeah. and big fucking, he's a sheriff oh, in the daddy. Wild West, and <laughs> big fucking sheriff of Japan. But um, the thing was here was like, we got no real insight into any story going on. It was just like a bad guy's traveling through time, giving weapons out. Cable's going to stop it. Like, we have no idea what the villain is, who the villain is, why we need to care about the villain, why Cable is doing this. Uh, We know that there are no stakes because although Cable is kind of like beaten at the end of the first issue, we know he's going to be okay. It's not... It's not a cable one shot and then the series is over. Like we know there's going to be more. There was really nothing to this story and nothing to uh, really make me want to go get the next issue. It um, was a waste of money. He was in, <laughs> he, No, I'm serious. It was like, you know, one panel he was in one year in one part of the country and the next panel he was in a different century in Japan and there were crop circles and there was like maybe like one, there were like three panels a page, maybe like a few words on each page. It was just a total piece of garbage. There was nothing to it. There was no story. It was, oh God, it was just not good. Don't waste your money on it. It was, you know, I mean, it was so serious and it came off as silly and it didn't leave me wanting and wanting more. That's like, like one of like the first thoughts that I typed up when I was thinking about this after I read it. Like I said, there was no real setup for anything, no motivation. And I'm like... All right, so Cable's just going back in time to, you know, what? Like, just make sure things are okay in the future? Like, some approximation of okay, where it's all right that we have terrorism, war, nuclear bombs, hunger, disease, and corruption. You know, all that stuff's acceptable. But these dudes with pixelated swords, like from Minecraft, that's not okay. You can't have those. You can't have those. So, no, obviously, if you bought this issue, you bought it already. I, I, I know some people really liked it, and, you know, that's okay. But, but you're wrong. Me, personally, like, yeah, I'm going to keep getting it for a little while. I'm not dropping this immediately. We'll, we'll see where it goes. 
Did you all love watching Gene wreck the Wrecking Crew? Hell yeah. Was Cable all you hoped it would be, or are you ready to switch to Fios already? Oh. You think about that while we take a break. Do you ever find yourself getting dehydrated from intense geekery? All the time. Do you get fatigued after only an hour of consistent geeking? It's like you're talking right to me. Has your geekness become a chore rather than something to be enjoyed? Oh my god, it's like you know my home address and watch me through my window. Well, you're in luck! Geekade.com is a refreshing website that quenches all of your thirsty geek needs. Video games, comics, wrestling, television, booze, and more. Geekade is the site for the geek on the go because we post something new almost every single day. That's Geekade.com the powerful aid that will keep you geeking all day long. Who loves Wolverine? Me! Who loves the X-Men? Me, 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 me! Who loves Wolverine and the X-Men? Why are you asking so many questions about my life? Because a Facebook page has dedicated itself to saving... to saving Wolverine and the X-Men, you moron! Really? Are they in danger? You're in danger of getting a foot up your ass! Ooh. One million to save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page that's not just for fans of the cartoon, but for all the iterations of the X-Men, comics, TV shows, movies, one million to save the X-Men has got you covered for all your X needs. That sounds amazing and uncanny. Plus, there's merchandise and daily trivia. Head over to Facebook today and check out One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men. Tell them Hugh Jackman sent you. <clears throat> Disclaimer, don't actually tell them that. Alright, so we're gonna move on to some of uh, some of the news that came out over May. And uh, one little piece of info that came out yesterday as of this recording in June. First thing I want to touch on is Astonishing X-Men number two. Woo. Even though number one hasn't even come out yet. Woo. Multiple Man is returning? <gasps> uh, yeah, he's, he's on the cover apparently. When asked if Peter David would be writing Jamie Madrox in the future, the group editor of X-Men, Mark Paniccia, replied that Paniccia. nothing... Paniccia. <laughs> the Focaccia and the Paniccia. You have the Paniccia, you have the Focaccia. Uh, replied that nothing was currently in the works. But he did tease a panel. Oh, he teased us all right. What a tease. <laughs> featuring the multiple man himself. And the last time readers saw Jamie Madrox, he was dying of Mpox. And I was dying. A little inside, right? <clears throat> Always. Uh, I love Madrox. I, I am upset by this. I'm so very upset by this. And I'm going to tell you why. You ready? Don't, no. You I ready? Don't, no, I don't want to know. I'm going to tell you why. Is it because he's only been dead for like a year? I'm going to tell you why. Okay. <laughs> He's only been dead for like six months. Like that doesn't that does that's not impactful. Like you gotta like okay if they're gonna bring Jean Grey back in generations, fine. She's been dead for like thirteen years, something like that. I missed her. Right. Okay. So that makes sense. Uh, Multiple Man hasn't even been dead for a year yet, or at least that we thought, because he I said it was the original. Him. And they're already gonna bring him back. But I missed him. Is he gonna be joining this team? Good. I don't know. Good. Probably not. No. And we ha he has to. I there's love him. no uh, fucking Benicia said that there's no X Factor in the works as of now. Well, so what I'm, are they gonna do? I'm gonna make him some fettuccine, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say, "Hey, grazie. Can you stop being racist? Can God. you can you make stop me spreading your racism <laughs> all over the internet?" Can you make me a multiple man book? Listen, listen, you know why this is funny? Because Patty nope. is actually part Italian. That's not true. And she's one of those self-hating Italians no. and doesn't like to acknowledge it. No, I'm not Italian. We're all a little Italian, Patty. That's... We're all a little Italian. You shut up. 
<laughs> shove pasta in your small intestine. Right. And you would know all about the pasta. I'm going to kill your Italian. family. <laughs> all right. The next piece of news that I threw pizza. in here. Pizza news. The next piece of pizza uh, is Daniel Ketchum was abruptly let go by Marvel. And, is, um, was he related to Ash Ketchum? Stop it! That was a joke I was going to make no, later. I've been I've been waiting until the podcast to ask you that. This is what Italians do. They just <laughs> fucking burst in and they interrupt like it's nobody else's like business. Like a Trojan horse. <laughs> like, uh, my first thought was this... Bleh, bleh, does this have anything to do with uh, the safe controversy? Uh, allegedly, the answer is no. Um, Which I'm calling bullshit on. A little background on, on Daniel Ketchy Ketchum was what they called him, apparently. Ketchy. was He was doing, like... Well, I mean, obviously, he's not the only editor, but he was doing all of the current X titles, a lot of them overall in the recent years. So he did, like, Schism, Age of X, X-Men Legacy, Uncanny X-Force, X-Factor, the last volume of New Mutants. He also did... New Warriors, A-Force, Uncanny Avengers, he even did some Spider-Man, Marvel Zombies, Punisher, Black Panther, and Moon Knight. This guy has been all over the fucking place and all over the X-Men over the past decade. And we saw him at a panel maybe last year or something uh, at New York Comic Con. And obviously, like, we didn't get to fucking hang out with the guy. It's not like we've known him for a long time. But he seemed like a pretty decent dude and... um I don't know, just what I saw uh, from um, bleedingcool.com was like, we don't know the reasons for the firing yet. Uh, there's a lot of gossip. Some blame Ketchum's harsh attitude towards other staffers. <gasps> Gasp. While others just describe him as very organized and schedule-conscious uh, editors in the business, which caused him to butt some heads. He was apparently close to the editor-in-chief, Axel Alonso. Yeah, and, you know, all of that was coming secondhand, and... Um, I don't know. The, the the one thing that they did say on Bleeding Cool was like to assure people that the decision wasn't related to the already and safe business. So I, I don't know, but this is a little upsetting. You know, the Xbox have been pretty good and it kind of sucks that, you know, this major player in them is, is getting let go. Honestly, if I was them, I think it would be smart to say that it was because of the safe controversy because then, you know, maybe people wouldn't bitch. That's just what I'm thinking. Like, even if it had nothing to do with it, just be like, yeah, we'll use him as a scapegoat. We were going to let him go anyway, but whatever. Oh, that's awful. I see your point, but I feel like people would be even more pissed about that. But I don't know. I haven't seen too much of a backlash from that yet, uh, except a couple of people ignorantly said, oh, this is another example of, like, homophobia. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, Marvel homophobic? Like, what the... No, like, I, I, I don't buy that even a little bit. I, I tweeted at Daniel Ketchum, like, we're going to miss your ex hyphen tease. I'm sure nobody in the world has ever said anything like that to him, well, ever. Well, the artist, Victor Ibanez, or Ibanez, he liked that tweet that I sent him, so he thought I was funny. So uh -huh. you can, you can... I can... You can... You can. Are you really playing this game now while we're fucking recording this? <laughs> I'm going to throw your phone. Let's see if Magic Car can float. I'm going to push... No. I'm going to put your phone in the toilet. Put no. that... Jesus, seriously? <laughs> All right. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is The Gifted. It got a teaser, and then it got a trailer, and then it got another trailer. Uh, some people were complaining that the teaser was kind of bland. And it I'm was. Like, it's, but no, 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 no. That's the teaser. Like, what do you... It's like, you know, 10 seconds long. Like, what the fuck do you want from a teaser? I, You know what? I've, uh, you know, like a strip tease. Those are those are better, right? I, I actually... I don't think it would be wise for me to <laughs> confirm or deny. 
that in this situation, so I'm going to plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> um, I, uh, I thought the trailer was all right. You know, I thought Blink looked all right. Polaris, I liked. I liked that they didn't go over the top green with I her. I wish they did. But I liked that her, like, energy signature was green. I thought that the trailer was a little overdramatic. But, you know, I mean, we got to see Eclipse, which is really kind of Sunspot. You know, it's just an alternate version of Sunspot. We got a glimpse at Thunderbird, you know, a glimpse at the main characters and what's going on with them. I don't know. But then, you know, this came out, you know, the actual names of the fictional characters. And it's the Strucker family, you know, after Fenris, who were like white supremacists. So that's interesting. I don't think that's going to have a whole lot to do with the show. I don't think it's going to be revealed along the way that, hey, everyone, the protagonists, the guys you've been rooting for, they're Nazis. <laughs> Joke's on you, the viewer. I don't think that's going to happen. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I kind of like the, the trailer. I kind of like the setup. I'm cautiously optimistic for this one. You know, it's it's Fox. So with them, it's hit or miss and usually miss, but... I don't know. I like it. What do you think? Okay, so I just thought that it was like so just over the top dramatic. And, you know, there was this thing in that somebody said like, oh, well, you know, you don't know what it's like until it's your own kids or something. And I was like, okay, so that's obviously like a parallel to, you know, the fucking terrible administration that we have, you know, going against gay marriage and stuff unless their kids are gay then it's okay yeah, and that's the only you. time it's okay I understand and i don't think that anybody is going to see that correlation or think about it themselves because it literally isn't going to change anything unless it's your own kids because why care about anybody who isn't blood related to you i i and that's the only thing that i was gonna say about that i i and i agree with you but i think more people might make that correlation than you and you know obviously with people who do they're like us they're gonna put it out on the internet and people may see that so that's a really interesting thought i didn't really think of it that way and and i kind of like that but i i do have to say that i think more people are gonna see that than than you think well no i'm sure that people are gonna see it but what i'm saying is that like oh it's not gonna change any minds yeah it's not gonna change any minds yeah no you might be right about that but um i i what i gotta say about this show is like you know this is very like centered on family and so i I think it's gonna be more character driven and that's what i care about in a story like like i said before if i don't care about the characters why do i give a fuck about their plight and what's going on in your story are the fenris twins going to fuck do you think i don't know it's fox they could that's true a lot of fox news viewers and stuff are into fucking their direct family members all right let's try to stay try to stay out of politics okay But, uh, all right, moving on. This was an interesting one, and I know it's not directly mutant-related, but indirectly. We don't need to talk about it at length. I just thought that this was interesting, that there's going to be an adult-themed Deadpool cartoon coming to FXX by Donald Glover. And, you know, I didn't know too much about Donald Glover before this. You know, I know he's going to—I knew he was going to play, you know, young Lando Calrissian. I had heard that he inspired Miles Morales— Uh, He's going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming and that he was a main cast member of Community, but he's also like a comedian. He's been in music. He's been in a bunch of stuff. You know, I didn't know that. Uh, I think that it's really interesting. Like, obviously, if you're going to do Deadpool, it's very hard to censor that character and do it successfully. One instance where it was done okay was, I don't know if you remember that episode of Ultimate Spider-Man we watched. Yeah. It was cute. It was funny. He was also in um, uh, Lego Marvel. 
Lego Marvel Superheroes, I think, was the whole name of it. Yeah, and he was, like, a a narrator kind of throughout the game, and, you know, he would, like, give you certain tasks to do and whatever. Was he, like, a taskmaster, would you say? Uh, I'm quitting. I'm just going to leave right now. (laughs) All right. Do you care about this at all? The no, Dolphin Deadpool cartoon? I am, uh... It's I not am, Ryan Reynolds. I, I know, but I'm just, like, so sick of it now. I'm so sick of Deadpool everywhere. Deadpool hype? Yeah, I'm just, like, <laughs> I just... I'm just over him, like, you know. And that's, that's really One upsetting to say because he's been, like, my favorite character for mm. a big part of my life, and now I'm just, like, I don't want to see you anymore. I'm sorry. It's not you, it's me. You're over him? When were you ever under him? Ah. oh my god do you get the reference oh she gets the reference i see it in her face you guys can't see it but that's a friend's Ah. reference (laughs) all right moving on new mutants casting this this was happening periodically over the past month and the last bit of this came out yesterday so i had to throw it in here uh so we've got like you know a couple of them were said to still be in talks about it but a couple of them were confirmed there's Anna Taylor Joy, who I know I don't know at all. She's blonde. She's blonde. She looks gonna be magic. She looks like she can pull off magic. Macy Williams is gonna be Wolfsbane, who looks the part. She yeah, she was uh, Arya from Game of Thrones. She a good actress? I don't I I don't know. I've I've only seen a handful of episodes. I just read the books. Okay. And Stranger Things actor Charlie Heaton. He's one of the ones who's apparently in talks. He's uh Sam Guthrie. He was the creepy creepy brother. Creepy brother. Yeah. Uh, play cannonball yeah and then jonathan told me about this this kid who's going to be playing sunspot was in 13 reasons why henry zaga yeah i didn't recognize the name brad or whatever so i looked it up and he was like this just gay love interest that i forgot about because he had like two lines so whatever um (laughs) i am upset that he's like so light because sunspot is like afro-brazilian you know like he's really dark but what i really don't like is the casting for moonstar this girl is okay you might not know what i look like but she's like as pale as i am (laughs) she is she looks she looks fucking you know white bread Mm. and she said uh she's apparently um native on her grandmother's side which means that she could be as much as a quarter native I doubt that her grandmother was 100% native, which kind of implies that her grandmother was part native. Maybe. So she's probably like, you know, 5%. <laughs> but that's the thing. With this, like, we, we, we don't know. And so I try to, I, obviously, I try to reserve some no, judgment. No, but we it's, try to- it's bullshit, though, because there are native actors out there, and, you know, Fox and other Hollywood producers just keep whitewashing this shit out of everybody and even if she's like part native american you know she does not look like danny there's like a native american like acting guilds you know they can do a casting call for native americans and i just feel like you know representation is really important especially because of how shitty we've treated native americans like in the history of the world well, no, and... that's that's true, but you know when they when they had the casting for this, it came down to two actresses who were both, um, you know, part Native American. And the thing is, is like we don't have all the details, and we don't know like the exact percentage of the ancestry. But like, 
you know, we were talking, uh, we were hanging out with some, like, friends last night, and, you know, like, one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm part, I think he said, what Tony said, like, Cherokee or whatever, and, like, yeah. you know, Russ was even, like, a little bit, and I, I am a little bit, too, Canadian Indian, but, you know, still kind of, like, Native American, just not United States, it's Canada, and that, you know, it might be more difficult than you think, like, I don't know that, and, uh, you know, like, I understand where you're coming from, it's just, you know, another thing where, like, I'm just trying to give it the benefit of the doubt because we don't know exactly how much native she is. We don't know the situation. We don't know the casting call and and all of that. But I do agree that she doesn't exactly look the part. I hope she does a good job regardless. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter to me as much as, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm sticking to my guns. I think that they made a bad decision and I hope that, they suffer some kind of repercussions for it, but it's not going to happen. Well, no, I mean, they're, they're likely going to because I, I'm certain that you're not the only one that feels dispassionately about this. Like, definitely. You know, I mean, we both of us have strong opinions uh, and there are people over the Internet with strong opinions, too. And there are people who are who are going to say the same thing that Patty does. And, and I don't fault them for it. You know, like I said, I just try to reserve my judgment a little bit. We'll have to see what happens, see if any more info comes out about this. One thing that I, I am very happy about, though, uh, was that, you know, well, first they reported that, like, McAvoy is not going to be Xavier in this movie. I'm like, well, what the fuck are they going to do? You know, they're saying that this is going to be, like, a horror movie and, like, no villain. And I'm like, well, wait a second. They're just going to be kind of left to their own devices somehow, thrown together? Uh, well, no. Rosario Dawson is in talks to play Cecilia Reyes, who had nothing to do with the New Mutants. We know that. But she's going to come on as, like, the mentor role in the movie, which I think is really interesting because I think Rosario Dawson is a great actress, and she's really become extremely popular now in all the Netflix series playing the Night Nurse. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's weird that, uh, you know, she's going to be in both Marvel <laughs> series. It just doesn't make sense when they do shit like this, but, you know, whatever. They're, they're crossing the streams. You can't cross the stream, right? That's uh, Never mind. Yeah. All right. I haven't seen that movie. But, yeah, no, I just, I think that it's ridiculous if they're ever going to, they're just making such a mess of everything. If well, they ever try merging anything, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just all really stupid. That's true. Like, but, you know, they have said, I think on both sides, that, like, oh, Fox and, like, the MCU are, like, not coming together anytime soon. So, I don't care. Whatever. It's still stupid. But still, like, uh, this being a horror movie, as well as, like, some of the casting, I don't know, trying to be cautiously optimistic. Not so much for X-Men Dark Phoenix, there, again, this is another one where there's no word on McAvoy returning as Professor X, but yet they're trying to do another, like, young X-Men movie, and, you know... Uh, it's also going to be Cecilia Reyes. <laughs> yeah, Rosario who, Dawson's going to be in that one, too, right? Who even gives a shit? They're, uh... Let's see. Uh, the producer, Hutch Parker, is like, we're trying to get Magneto and Mystique in the script now, and I'm like... Uh. But not Xavier, so I'm like, I, I don't I don't know. Stop putting fucking Mystique into everything. She's a bad actress. Jennifer Lawrence is a bad actress. She does bad at Mystique. You know, they're trying to, like, make her this, like, good character now because it's not related to the comics. I don't know. It's just stupid, and I don't think she's a good actress, and I think that they've overused her too much. Yeah. And, like, I don't care about her. It's, it's kind of become Mystique and Magneto and the X-Men. Right, I get what you're saying. It's just like, 
Okay, but like Jennifer give us something Lawrence else. and the X Men. Yeah, Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence and the X Men. That's what it's become. Maybe Mystique will become the Phoenix in this next oh movie. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but in in all seriousness, we we discussed this too. Um, and we're sick of Jennifer Lawrence and her space. We, That's what we discussed. We discussed the uh, how. Okay, so like in the original three X Men movies, right? The original trilogy, like Mystique wasn't such a prominent character. Like she was definitely featured, but not so prominent. And she yeah. was she was bad, right? She yeah. was a, she was a villain. Now, in these first-class movies... She's the cutesy little... Right. You know, like, ew, I'm, I'm so quirky. I ordered a pizza to the Emmys. <laughs> we... we <laughs> fucking hate her. We have not bridged that gap. We've barely touched on bridging that gap yet between these two universes. Are we going to do that all in one movie? Nope. We're just going to throw everything out the window. Well, if we do, we're not going to do it successfully. So I I agree. I don't think Jennifer Lawrence has been great as Mystique at all. I don't think they've done a good job with this character. I think, you know, they want to really push this Jennifer Lawrence is like this big name now and like take Mystique as like a powerful female character. And I just think they're going about it wrong. Yeah. Give us more powerful female characters. Great. But they're not doing it. Yeah. Right. And then give us blink and she has no fucking lines. Well, and she just makes a stupid hint. Whatever. Listen, Quicksilver in these movies though, for the little bit he's been given. Yeah. No, I love him. Love him. Love him. Love him. Need to see more of him. Yeah. Quicksilver, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lastly, last thing to touch on, uh, just a light little touch, just a little, uh, just a little, <laughs> just a little love tap, just a little, just a little, a little smooch. So I read this and I just thought it was interesting that Logan, the movie, not the old man, the movie, almost opened with the death of the X-Men. So for those of you who saw Logan, oh, spoilers, sorry, uh, <laughs> Oh, it almost opened with the death of the X-Men. The director, James Mangold, said that that would have made the movie about the X-Men instead of being about Logan and Charles. And their bromance. Yeah. <clears throat> when you read the script opening that way, it became about this other tragedy as opposed to that tragedy being something hovering like a shadow in the background for these characters. So I get what he's saying. It would have made it more about the tragedy of the death of the X-Men rather than the tragedy of what... Logan became what Xavier became and what eventually happened throughout this movie. It would have been interesting to see. I want to see that. I want okay. to see that. You want to see all of your favorite babies die? But no, Pyro wasn't. Uh, maybe Pyro would have been there. I, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting though. And But it, it would have just opened with like such a tearjerker. And this movie was a tearjerker oh, anyway. Tear tears. What? I don't Does know. That, that just sounds like, sounds like sad masturbation or something. Yeah, that's what I was getting Like, at. we need two sets of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> one for an upstairs mess and one for... All right, yeah, I'm tired, too. We've, we've, gone, on, we've gone on long enough. All right, so, so, so there you go. So, whatever. That'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can comment right here on geekade.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Let us know how you think we're doing, how you think the latest X-Books have been faring so far. We're not actually mind readers. Uh, I just play one on TV. Topical. No, what do you guys think about the New Mutants being a horror movie? I'm really Ew. interested in that. I think that's going to be cool. Do you think that the absence of Daniel Ketchum is really going to spell anything shitty for the future of the X-Books, especially now in the middle of Resurrection? What do you guys think of the artist on Generation X? Like, do you think there's any hope there? Or do you think that it's, it's hopeless? Hopeless. It's Dennis Hopeless. Oh, man. I don't know. Good night, everyone. Until next time, the sad nerds were right. <laughs>